It is a Wine Ins Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. On today's episode, we are going to talk about Matthew Kachuk throwing the first pitch at the Marlins game on Monday and the comments he had to say after about getting ready for the season. Then we're going to talk about betting odds for major awards for the 2022-23 season. And we've been talking about all the biggest stories for the Florida Panthers this offseason. But now Jacob and I are going to rank our top five biggest stories for the Florida Panthers this upcoming season. We're going to discuss that more on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Wednesday, September 14th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey and Locked On NHL World to be covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, it's it's crazy. By the time this episode drops uh, on Wednesday, we are going to be 29 days away from the start of the season. It, it, it won't be too – it's it's not too far away. Uh, Thomas Volkun days uh, away from the start of the season. You know, we got a prospect tournament that uh, – prospect so- showcase, excuse me, that would be going on this weekend in Raleigh, North Carolina. The Panthers are making their way back to town. And it's just media day is next Wednesday, September 21st. It, it's it's this all signs are pointing that hockey is back. And not only is ho- hockey back, but it's just a great, exciting time for, for this region. And just really after the, the season, the way it ended last year, it, you know, it, it makes us all Panther fans just excited for what's to come because, you know, despite everything that happened uh, as far as trades and changes, it, it's still the expectation is still there for this team. And it, let me bring in my guest, Jacob Winans, uh, on right here um, on Locked On Panthers. It, it, Jacob, welcome back to the show and well, and glad to have you back on another Winans Wednesday. Happy to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So, twenty nine days, man. Uh, let Let's get a little bit of a pulse check from you, my my, my dude. Uh, how are you feeling about how we're less than a month now from puck drop um, at UBS Arena on October thirteenth against the New York Islanders? Finally, um, honestly, it's been a long off season. Uh, even though, as far as days are concerned, it's shorter than we're used to for the Panthers making it to the second round. Um, a little bit shorter off season as far as dates as as, uh, as we're used to, but it's it felt like it's been forever. So much has happened, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm I'm thrilled to see what they what they look like when they hit the ice finally uh, later on this month. And speaking of that, um, I spoke as I introduced the show talking about players starting to make um, make their way back, and one of the players that have arrive one of the newcomers of the Panthers, Matthew Kachuk, the prized uh, trade 
that Bill Zito made this offseason. And he threw out the first pitch at the Marlins game on Monday. They The Marlins had a doubleheader game against the Texas Rangers, and Matthew Kachuk threw out the first pitch um, in their second game of that doubleheader. And, uh, you know, talked a little bit about, you know, not throwing out a first pitch anymore, not doing a warm-up and all that stuff. But mostly the main focus, of course, because this is Locked On Panthers, about really his approach towards this, se- this season and just being in the environment about around South Florida. Uh, he's been back for, like, around two weeks now. And there's a lot of there's been talk about informal skates for the Panthers, just the teammates getting uh, together. And one of the comments that he made, it was more later in his interview, was about how he's not worried about the getting acclimated to the guys in the locker room off the ice, which is which is really encouraging now that they're starting to get together before before everything, all the lights turn on as far as the media being there, official practices, training camp, tryouts, um, all that stuff. So great to see that they're they're already bring, welcoming in their their uh, the unicorn, as Bill Zito says. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kachuk is not a guy that I worry about getting acclimated to the team. Uh, he's a culture changer. Uh, he come. He's gonna come in. He's gonna be who he is on the ice, off the ice. He's he's a leader, a natural born leader. And his attitude is is the type of attitude you want in the room. He's gonna he's gonna be a big guy for the culture, big guy for the chemistry. And he's just such a good player. He's gonna make an impact right away. Um he's he's he makes his impact felt in so many more ways than just a score sheet, but he really has no trouble doing that either. So um him getting acclimated with never a concern, but it's good to see him already beating down here uh getting involved with the marlins that's great um and and i think it's it's exciting that that the team is welcoming him in right away i think a lot of that speaks to alexander barkov as the captain um just his presence his example he's the type of guy who's just a fantastic teammate and he's gonna everyone is gonna kind of follow suit so despite the fact that guys may miss Uyghur, they may miss huberdo none of that is held against kachuk or anyone else coming in brand new and uh, just welcoming in the new teammate, and, and I think he can make a difference right away. Yeah, we saw we saw both sides of the argument with you lose one, but you gain one. And Aaron Eckblad has been um, – there was an, actually another article written about Aaron Eckblad's feelings on the trade. Uh, the first one that we spoke about here was the – the David Wilson article from the Miami Herald, but then he was uh, he spoke to Daily Faceoff as well, talking about the that same trade, and of course uh, losing two of your friends and then gaining back gaining back somebody saying that he wants to win multiple cups, and uh, also that um, just like how we I asked you uh, how excited are you about the season, uh, Matthew Kachuk is also on that same level. He's like he just wants to fast forward to game one of the season. That's what he said. Uh, in his interview right prior to uh, throwing out the first pitch. But uh, also the lifestyle for him. Um, I, I know I know most of our talk really is about the, what they do off the ice, but of course, quality of life off the ice. The players talk about how it's it's probably the best place that they've uh, they're, they're, they're ever going to live. But also asked about Calgary um, and their second round uh, lumps, as well as for the Panthers comparing both of them because both of them bounce out in the same round and talking about the lumps for the Panthers. It's even weird to say in the same sentence for the Panthers that now it's like we were talking about the, for years about getting out of the first round. And now the top, the conversation has changed about getting out of the second round. But 
as a as a fan as as fans of as us covering this team and talking about this team we we know that this is a playoff team on paper and then we it, it's really part of me just wants to skip the 82 games and just deal with the business in the, in the postseason but matthew kachuk's response it, it it also takes you into the mind of a hockey player he talks about how the the panthers can't even think about that you just want to go to game one um start this new journey get acclimated to the players and just get try to get better every day and that response is something that i could really appreciate for matthew kachuk about the level-headedness that this guy has i agree um i i think we get kind of spoiled and we get that way kind of quickly when we've made it to the postseason a couple of years in a row um it almost gets to a point where you feel like hey the playoffs are that's that's the main goal. The regular season is just a formality. Let's just get to the playoffs and get there healthy. It's important to not have that mentality uh, in the locker room. You, you cannot overlook anyone. You can't look ahead to the playoffs. You have to take every game seriously as if it is a playoff game. And Matthew Gachuk is a guy who is always going to be thinking like that. He, he The guy just loves the game. He, he brings maximum effort to every game he plays. You can tell that from watching his time in Calgary. He's He's not a guy who, who takes games off and you add another player like that with his skill level, but also that mentality of let's handle our business and we're not going to look ahead to anything else that that can only be a positive thing. Uh, so while we as fans might be watching and saying, Hey, let's just get, let's just get to April. Let's get to May. Let, let's get to the, the, the business at hand in the playoffs. The players can't afford to think that way. And Matthew Chuck definitely is not showing any signs of that. Yeah, you talk about natural born leader earlier about, you know, we talked about his um, his dad all, all the years in St. Louis, Arizona, his brother Brady's the captain of the Ottawa Senators as well. And like, there's chances that Matthew Kachuk, I wouldn't doubt it if even in year one, we see the A on 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 his jersey. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that uh, one bit. So it, it's just really it's just really exciting to to have have a guy and, and a guy who has personality as well, who's just. Uh, who who and we even go back to really from the start of his Panthers tenure, just that quote, and it was shared on the Bally uh, Sports uh, Marlins feed. Uh, just five seconds. I hate Edmonton, but I hate Tampa more, and that was just the one that caught our eyes. And it you know it 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 markets that rivalry a lot more, and it's it's just it's just really exciting. Yeah, he's a marketable superstar. Um, Barkov for everything he is on the ice. He's not exactly a guy off the ice who loves the attention. Uh, he, he doesn't love the media. He doesn't love the spotlight. Kachuk thrives in it. Um, he loves the attention on him. He, he's not afraid to, to talk a big game and he usually backs it up. Uh, he's not afraid to make enemies on the ice and, and that's for sure. He, yeah. He, he definitely, he definitely <laughs> throws some comments out there that, that make headlines and in, in a market like, South Florida, where the Panthers play, that's great. Um, South Florida, the the Miami sports market, is a is a market well known for for culture and attitude, and teams that have a lot of have a lot of fire and attitude and and that mentality. The fans gravitate to it. You think of the successful Heat teams; uh, all the fan favorites were guys like Udonis Haslam, Chris Birdman, Anderson. These are guys who are mixing it up every night and and getting into all the extracurricular stuff and and the fans fans feed off of that uh same with with the the swagger that the the miami dolphins had in the past the miami hurricanes have had in the past it's it's a culture of of 
toughness and swagger off, off the off the ice or off the field or off the court. And Kachuk brings that. I think he can draw a lot of fans into this sport um, just by being so marketable in that way. Oh, no doubt. And um, I, you, you mentioned with the Hurricanes and Dolphins. I mean, even though even though UM wasn't winning all, um, a lot during the turnover chain, the turnover chain was something that was uh, that a lot of people even wore T-shirts about and even bought their own. So like the 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 vibe that South Florida brings is definitely big. And uh, Matthew Kachuk can definitely uh, bring uh, some of that swagger to to the Florida Panthers. But uh, lot it's exciting it's exciting uh just over a just over a week before um the panthers hit the ice for training camp on september 22nd but now before we get into uh training camp we next segment we are going to talk about the betting odds for individual awards uh for and where do the florida panthers rank as far as their uh chances to win individual awards but first we're going to tell you all about bet online and betonline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season find all the latest sports um, football league developments game matchups and podcasts including this week's opening week games betonline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information including live betting esports and scores the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events including mlb mma boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Battle line, where the game starts. All right, Jacob, uh, we, I got an email today from uh, my personal email from betonline.ag, and it was betting. We've been talking about betting odds a lot uh, throughout the offseason about Panthers' chances to get out of the Eastern Conference, which they last time I checked, they were favored to actually get out of the Eastern Conference. We were shocked about that, uh, about their uh, win total being um, their over-under win total. But now we have some betting odds based on uh, the major awards. And I'm and for the people on YouTube, uh, I, I'm going to share a screenshot of all, um, excuse me, a screen share of uh betting odds via betonline.ag and and gonna read it out loud for the people on uh the podcast so betonline uh for major awards uh for the heart uh, memorial trophy uh alexander barkov is a uh, has a 22 to 1 odd uh to win the heart uh matthew kachuk is 50 to 1 vesna sergey Bobrovsky is a 25 to 1 uh uh to get a to get the vesna trophy while spencer knight is at 100 to 1. The Norse is uh, for Aaron Ekblad is 12 to 1. Rocket Richard, um, the most goals in the NHL. Barkov is at 22 to 1. And Jack Adams, uh, which was this one was probably at first was the most shocking one for me, but I kind of understand why that the odds are 8 to 1. Um, Jacob, let's start with the least likely to happen, um, uh, in our opinion. Um, as far as the least likely award uh, to win uh, for for these listed, I think the one that is least likely to happen of all of these uh, is probably Sergei Bobrovsky uh, winning the Vesna at twenty five to one. Uh, I yeah, he's won it twice, but uh, I I don't know I don't know if we're ever going to see Vesna Bob again. But even even seeing even seeing the Bobrovsky that we saw uh, last season. Uh, I'm not expecting a Vesna Bob going into uh, year four of his contract. 
No, uh, I, I think it would be unrealistic to expect a Vesna caliber season out of Bobrovsky at this stage uh, for a couple of reasons. One, he's getting older. Uh, it's no secret his his best, like the very peak of his prime is behind him. It doesn't mean he's not a starting caliber goalie. It doesn't mean he's not an above an above average starting caliber goalie. It doesn't mean he's not capable of still being a star goalie. But the Vesna is for the best goalie. And, and Bob plays in a division that, has Andre Vasilevsky still? Um, we're, we're in the Atlantic Division, which is which is a, a difficult division to to have that kind of performance. Uh, and you know, it, it's a high scoring it's a high scoring division, high scoring conference. So I don't expect him to have a Vesna caliber season. Um, and another reason is just the defense. Um, the Panthers lost a couple of key pieces on defense, including Mackenzie Weger. Uh, ben Sherratt is no longer a Panther, so there's. A lot of moving parts defensively. The Panthers play a run-and-gun style. Uh, maybe not as much as last year, but they, they will still be an offensive-driven team. Uh, that's going to that's gonna make things a little bit difficult for Bob to have as many shutouts and, and sub-two-goal games that you look for in a Vezina winner. So uh, not necessarily a knock on Bob, but just the play style and the depth on the defense. Uh, I don't see him having a Vezina caliber season. Yeah, and and you hit and hit you hit the nail right on the head about the defense uh, in front of uh, Sergey Bobrovsky. Uh, we still think this is going to be and and it's crazy because even after getting hit with a puck in the mouth against the well, he was not starting um, versus the LA Kings, and that caused him to miss a week. He still got uh, he still got one of the stars of the month that that uh, that month and got two shutouts all in that month. So there's encouraging signs that we could see splashes of Vesna Bob and. And we're likely gonna. It's likely gonna be a repeating, uh, re- repeating um, those repeating words, uh, saying that we saw Vesna Bob tonight. But it's not gonna be every single night, and and that's okay um, for for the for for the Florida Panthers. Um, if if there was a, I I had to think about this one. Um, as far as most likely to. happen as far as major awards to to win at first at first i said paul maurice winning to jack adams was the most likely of all of these but then i and and, but then i flipped it uh i flipped it uh to aaron ekblad winning to norris um it's it's just i know i know the panthers lost a lot and a lot of uh a lot of national media people are down on the panthers um but there's not a lot of writers there's very few that think that this isn't a playoff team on paper uh and so it's the the way the jack adams of course is a, it's a it's a it's a team it's a it, it goes to the coach that's teams exceeded expectations by like a lot i don't think there's a a i don't think for the panthers if they do exceed expectations i don't think it's going to be by a wide margin so i'm going to go with aaron Eckblad. there was a point in the season where he was uh, it, it was a, he was at a point per game pace. He was just a few points off before he went down in the regular season. I still don't think Aaron Ekblad, uh, where, where, where he is. Um, I think he'll be a finalist, but I'm not, but of course, when you have the Kale McCars of the world and Roman Yossi's of the world, if they still perform the way that, the way that they have, it's going to be a lot harder for Aaron Ekblad to win the Norris, but he, I, I still, I can picture Aaron Ekblad uh, be, being a finalist for the Norris. I agree. Um, I think Kel McCarr is still the odds-on favorite to win it. Uh, I think Victor Hedman is slowing down a bit, 
Uh, it's hard to say he's slowing down much because he's still a top five defenseman in the game. Uh, but I don't think Victor Hedman ends up being a finalist this year. I think Roman Yossi will be a finalist again. Um, the one the one player that I think Ekblad is in, is directly in competition with to get that that last finalist spot is going to be Adam Fox in New York. Um, I, I think Makar and Yossi are probably shoe ins, and then you got Ekblad in the mix competing with Fox and Hedman for that last that last finalist spot. Uh, I think Ekblad statistically may take a step backwards this year, uh, given that he is going to be playing with a new D partner. Uh, mm-hmm. He has been he has been with Mackenzie Weger for the past uh, couple of seasons. And they developed some great chemistry and allowed Ekblad to really uh, take off statistically. But I think there is the potential for him to be even better playing with Gustav Forsling. Uh, everything really depends on how much chemistry they can develop in a short amount of time. Uh, and then, and then of course, Ekblad's injuries have been the thing that's held him back the most. Uh, the past two years, he hasn't finished the regular season. He's missed significant time. So we'll see if he, if he can have a full 82-game season or something close to it. Um, but if you had to ask, if you ask me what I think is most likely out of those awards, I think Barkov for Hart is the one I'm going to go with. Uh, I think he was a shoe in to be a finalist if he doesn't injure his knee against the Islanders early in the season. Um, I, I really think this could be the year Barkov breaks through and becomes a, a Hart Trophy finalist and maybe even wins it. Yeah, and his point pace last year was that um, missed 15 games, but his point pace was at a 110 um last season and that um of course not not uh, not to the mcdavid level of of uh, of uh of contribution but still um i i know i, I know uh when it came to the heart back in the gretzky days voter fatigue wasn't really uh that much of a thing because i think he i think gretzky won it like eight eight times in a 10-year span if i'm not mistaken uh but um, I, I don't know if voter fatigue is going to be a thing for uh, for for Connor McDavid. We, th- these are just things we can't pre- predict. It just, I mean, twenty twenty one. I mean, twenty twenty. Let's go back to twenty twenty one. What 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 would I? I wonder. I don't know what Connor McDavid's point pace was. Um, would have been in a full eighty two game season, but he had like over hundred points in sixty six games. <laughs> and if and if he gets back to that level, and of course with a better goaltender. It's gonna be really hard for Barkov to uh, uh, step over uh, Connor McDavid. I agree. McDavid's the best player on the face of the earth. Uh, as long as he has Leon Dreisaitl and at least somewhat competent wingers, he's gonna be probably another Art Ross Trophy in the bag. And then Austin Matthews again uh, is, is right there. Nathan McKinnon is right there. Uh, those three guys, any of the any of those three guys are, are tough to top. But um, Barkov is, is 100% in the conversation with any one of them. He, he is on that level. And I think this year he's going to have a lot of responsibility. He's going to have to be the team's ultimate leader. Uh, he's going to have to probably lead them statistically in just about every major category offensively. And, uh, you know, it's a good challenge for him. I think he's, I think he's ready for it. I think, he, I think he has what it takes to be uh, that cornerstone player and, and finally get that recognition in the heart, in the heart voting. And even though he's had the C on his on his jer- on, on his sweater for the last few seasons, now with Huberto gone, I, I it was it was never a debate for me who the unquestioned um who the who the leader was in the locker room for sure, even with the C on his chest. But now with Huberto gone, it's definitely for sure he is the one hundred percent unquestioned leader in, in the in this locker room, and and of course he he 
he's the guy who type who who puts it the work on the ice doesn't doesn't really say too much as far at least in front of the cameras um but but knows that he is going to be a uh, a guy who uh gets to work that's for sure but this was fun this was fun jacob uh talking about which one is is uh most likely going to happen of the major awards but we have an even we have a segment that's coming up that's even more fun than than this one in my opinion and we might have some disagreements here uh and we might have some agreements here and and we're going to talk about the we're going to talk about all the major stories for the Panthers this coming up um this upcoming season we've talked about them all off season but now Jacob and I are going to rank our top 5 major stories for the Florida Panthers this coming season so stay tuned right here on Locked On Panthers All right Jacob we've been We've had uh, a few months. The last the last Panthers game was back in May, and now four 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 and a half three and a half four months later. Of course, it's almost here, and we've been talking about all different types of topics this this season, from the coaching change uh, to being bounced from the second round, goalies, defense core. Uh, but now it's time to rank our. Top five biggest stories in for the Florida Panthers coming up this season. Number five for me, the as far as the biggest story is Panthers being up against the cap. That is my number five biggest story for the Panthers, and it really reflected on the moves this off season. And it really restricted them from what they could do, and the and they had a lack of flexibility. And of course, you still do Keith Yandel's buyout over, over again. So, number five, Panthers up against the cap, and also to include this, the the Panthers at the trade deadline is going to be a little difficult for them. So that is my number five big story for the Panthers. I agree with that. Um, I don't have that as my number five, but that's definitely a major storyline going in. Um, we all thought Hornquist was going to get traded to free up some room. It didn't happen, and and it's going to be tough for the Panthers to to make any moves at the deadline. They don't have a ton of prospects and, and no draft picks really to trade. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see what Bill Zito can pull off, and we're going to see if any of these guys we we brought in are diamonds in the rough. Um, I've got two honorable mentions before I get to my number five. Uh, honorable mention number one I have as our uh, what do the D pairs look like? That's a big question mark. Uh, we're going to see what the what the defense looks like going in. Uh, I also have uh, two words as an honorable mention. I have redemption tour. Um, we're going to see what the Panthers redemption tour looks like. Uh, what what kind of season they are able to put together and how motivated they come in, given how they went out of the playoffs. Uh, but my number five biggest storyline going into next season is the play of Sergei Bobrovsky. Can he repeat what he did last year or improve on it? Uh, Bob has been the single biggest question mark since he was signed. Um, he's been kind of polarizing. Some people are hard on him. Some people love him. Some people are in between. Um, but however, however far the Panthers go, it almost all hinges on the play of Sergei Bobrovsky in net. So my number five biggest storyline is can Bob repeat his, his uh, above average borderline all-star level play from last season? 
I actually have that as my number four uh, biggest uh, biggest storyline for the for the Panthers is I can have a can Bob have a repeat of last year, and of course, what's going to be the workload light with Spencer Knight and his upcoming deal that he's going to be an RFA next season, and uh, what was it? What is 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 there a is there a pathway to uh, the Florida Panthers uh, either keeping that with the um, keeping that contract with the cap rising? Hopefully, as Bill Daly spoke about a few weeks ago, in a few years, so that is not as much of an anchor. Or is, is are the Panthers going to try to develop someone like Alex Lyon in the system and then eventually have a Spencer Knight Alex Lyon tandem as well? Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Um, not even necessarily just Alex Lyon, but there's the Panthers do have two really, really good uh, young prospects in the pipeline. Uh, Urasimyuk over in Russia has been fantastic at every level. He's expected to make the jump to full-time KHL this year. So that's that's widely known as the second best league in, in hockey worldwide. Uh, so we'll we'll see how he does again against pros in that league. And he very well could be... Um, the one, the one B to Spencer Knight as our future one A, uh, and then also they got a pretty good goalie in the uh, U.S. national team development program uh, in this draft. Um, so we got two guys in the pipeline that that can uh, potentially make some noise. Um, my number four, I got um, the forward combinations uh, with Anthony Duclair's injury. Uh, that's my number four storyline. Oh, good, uh, Anthony. Anthony Duclair getting hurt was a complete curveball. Uh, no one really, that was not at all planned for uh, as far as uh, roster development. It, it came in a, a freak accident in offseason training, uh, a torn Achilles uh, while, while Duke was putting in work in the offseason training. So injuries happen. Sometimes they happen at unfortunate times. The silver lining is that it happened in the offseason. So the Panthers did have, have uh, an opportunity to, to put together a plan and, and hopefully uh, – patch up some holes in the roster. Uh, you'd hate to see it happen during the season. Uh, so it's better that it happened in the off season and a lot of his recovery time will actually, is actually off season. But with Duclair out, where does that production come from? Who's going to be the one to step up? Uh, I think everyone is going to have their eyes on, on the top six right wing spot. Uh, when, when uh, training camp opens, we're going to see who's able to step up and fill that role where Anthony Duclair is missing until he's able to get back. Yeah, and even if Rhino Rhino goes into the top uh, spot on the right wing, it, it's gonna it's gonna leave somewhere um, on that on that second or third line as well. So it's it, it's a it's a ripple effect for for this uh, for this team. Um, so uh, it's funny because I didn't have that as one of my as one of my uh, biggest stories, but that's a that's a really good one, Jacob. And you know, this segment is all about um, is, uh, there's no right or wrong answers here. So Cats fans, um, if you wanna also list your top five biggest stories heading into the season um, at me at LO underscore FLA Panthers Mondo Man 12 and at Jacob Winans eight uh, to, to share your uh, top five uh, biggest stories uh, for the Panthers. Number three, I have uh, how, how Matthew Kachuk is going to fit on this roster. The, 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 as, as long as Matthew Kachuk is on the team, him and Huberto are always going to be connected with each other they will forever be connected as far as production as far as did bill zito make the right move by going from for the younger guy at a cheaper uh cap hit um and same thing with brad true living on the other end for calgary is um 
how is he going to recover from two players who didn't want to be in Calgary long-term in Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Gaudreau going to Columbus. Of course, Matthew Kachuk coming to the Panthers as well. These are, these are, these are two players who are consistently going to be connected. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, Anytime there's, there's big trades like this anywhere in sports uh, you tend to compare and, and, watch these players careers really closely as they develop so you can uh, get the satisfaction of, of who won that trade and uh, the Panthers are not immune to it it's going to be like that November 17th is going to be absolutely crazy uh, the first head-to-head and, and the return of, of Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger to, to South Florida um, my number three uh, this this might be a somewhat underrated storyline but to me it's crucial to the Panthers season um, I've got I've got development, um, but specifically, there's three guys that that their development could make or break this season. I can uh, guess two of them. Go I'll for it. Denisenko, Heponiemi. You got one. Oh, okay. So so for development, I've got I've got three guys here. I've got Spencer Knight. That was the obvious. Okay. I've got I've got Grigory Denisenko, and I've got Anton Lindell. Um, if Lindell is able to turn that curve into being a, a superstar center or even just a top six center, now the Panthers are are absolutely elite uh, down the middle. They've got Barkov, Bennett, and Anton Lindell as your three centers, and then behind them is Etulis Drinin, who is a borderline three C right now anyway. So, however, however much development and and Anton Lindell has put in, uh, his development curve could accelerate or decelerate the Panthers championship window here. Um, I, I think, I think a strong off season, him turning into Barkov light quicker than, than later could be huge uh, for the Panthers success. Spencer Knight, of course, his development is important. We've been watching it for years. Um, he's supposed to be the goalie of the future. So again, we're going to watch to see if he's going to make a jump, but yeah, like you said, you hit it on the head, Grigory Denisenko. He's, he's the guy that I'm watching uh, development, developmentally uh, to see if he's going to finally live up to his draft stock. Can he put a healthy season together? Can he produce in North America? Can he crack the NHL roster? Uh, going into training camp, I think all eyes are on Denisenko to see what he's capable of because, again, if he can become that guy and he can fill in on a third line or a second line and produce, uh, the Panthers just got extremely, extremely dangerous. Uh, especially when Duclair gets back. Now we're talking about having one of the deepest rosters offensively in the entire league uh, again. So that, that's my that's my third that's my third um, most important storyline. What what do all three of those guys have in common? Their first round picks. Um, yep. and so and and Denisenko, we we've talked a little bit about him, of course, coming back from an injury as well. Um, so that big big storyline uh, for 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 the Panthers. Number two. Mine is uh, how Paul Maurice is going to get the best out of this group. And, of course, there, there's a lot of um, – at, at this point at this point now with a few months of the Panthers now um, getting swept from the Tampa Bay Lightning, we saw, we saw of course, it, it was obvious the, the out-coaching that happened in that, in that whole series between Andrew Burnett and John Cooper. And, and, of, and even in the first round that about um, – preparation uh for for the team and of course making adjustments uh um not as quickly as as bruno wanted to 
but how is but now for for the Panthers and you know there wasn't too there wasn't too much uh there wasn't too much well um as far as the players on social media but we can only take so much of of social media uh, about welcoming Paul Maurice to the to the Panthers there was a different buzz uh, with uh, Joel Quenville but obviously Joel Quenville came with a different buzz being a three time Stanley Cup champion versus Paul Maurice um, only getting to the Stanley Cup final once so. There, there, there isn't that. There isn't that same uh, hype for Palmeries uh, come coming here, and of course, this fan base is uh, pretty divided on on the acquisition of Palmeries as the head coach. So, how is Palmeries going to get the best out of this group? Yeah, I have, I have number two. Um, is Palmeries the guy? Uh, that's that's the biggest question, uh, or second biggest question I have going into the Panthers training camp. That's a, a huge storyline. Uh, did they make the right decision in hiring Paul Maurice? Uh, I don't think Andrew Burnett was ready to be to be the head coach of a contending team. Uh, that's not any disrespect to his head coaching future or or his his ability as a coach, but I do think it's telling that he went uh, laterally uh, to a new job. I think going to the New Jersey Devils uh, to be an assistant. I think I think the the consensus around the league was that Burnett is an assistant coach right now with a very very bright. Uh, head coach, head coaching future, just not right now. Um, so moving on from Brunette and bringing in Paul Maurice, it's a, a really big, it's a really big storyline. It's a calculated risk. Uh, we'll see if, if, if it pays off. I have a lot of respect for Paul Maurice as a coach. What he did in Winnipeg was great. What he did in Carolina was great. Um, is, is he the guy? That's what we're all going to be watching. Do the players respond to him? Is his system enough? Uh, is his system enough of a, a change for the Panthers to, to implement this and get get deeper into the playoffs? Maybe win a cup. Uh, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. We're gonna see how well they blend. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I think Paul Maurice is a great coach. Uh, we're just gonna see if he's the right fit here, and, and that's my number two storyline. Mm. And let's consider the fact that Lindy Ruff for uh, for the New Jersey Devils. He's he's likely on the hot seat this season. We haven't talked. Um, we haven't talked too much about metropolitan teams uh, um, on on this show too much. But on paper, I'm li- I'm really liking what the New, Je- New Jersey Devils uh, are doing. Ken McKenzie Blackwood uh, bounced back this season, and if if also um, the the centers of uh, Jack Hughes and Nico Heizer uh, as well, they add Andre Palat and. Also, with uh, he'll he'll get he'll be a head coach again. I'm very sure. And if Lindy Ruff's uh, New Jersey Devils don't start uh, off well, we could very well see Andrew Burnett being having another interim interim head coach uh, coaching position very soon um, for 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 that. Um, and same thing with um, and going back to Paul Maurice, um, like you said. Uh, Got to a Stanley Cup final with the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, was part of a move uh, from the Hart- Hartford to Carolina, so stayed with the franchise all throughout all those ye- all those years. Was a few points off of the President's Trophy during his time in Winnipeg as as, as well. So you got to be doing something right if you're if you're getting getting that far. Of course, um, as far as being consistent as well and making the playoffs consistently, can he can he do that um, with a contending team? Um, number one story for me. Um, is the defense core in front of Sergei Bobrovsky slash Spencer Knight? That is my biggest story of the offseason because, um, you, you, um, of course, Matthew Kachuk, great story, um, ha- being able to trade him. 
Um, I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily mad about giving up a first because you're getting eight years worth of a guy. Um, but, if, but you lost a little bit um, and in, includes a, a guy who's part of a number one pair. And he's going to, he's likely going to, he's likely going to be on the number one pair as well in, in Calgary it has really developed well from being the sixth to last pick going from the ECHL all the way to top pair defenseman. And now, and now he's back on a contending team, but of course the contract situation that, that is with Huberto and Uyghur made that move make sense for the Panthers as far as their, their cap of $15 million um, going next season. But, but it does, but the question is, the question is how, how consistent can someone like the, the Lucas Carlson's of the world be a, a, a consistent part of this lineup? Matt Kirstead, John Lugvid, um, Max Gildon, um, will they be able to come up and fill spots here and there? Of course, they got a veteran in Mark Stahl who eats up uh, minutes, especially on the penalty kill. Um, of course, a little bit older, of course. Um, and, of course, Radko Gudis, um, um, he lead, led the league in hits, but how, how, how is, is he able, is, is he, is he, going to be suitable on the on the second pair i see radical good is more on the third pair um long term for this team so the defense core for for the for the panthers is really the biggest story how are they gonna how are they gonna break out on the rush how are they gonna be at their own end in their board battles as well are are are, are they gonna lose their man etc i agree that's a huge question mark um i think the answers may be like you said i think the answers may be within the team um, Gustav Forsling is a guy who was a waiver claim, uh, was not expected to be much of anything. The Panthers picked him up, took a flyer on him, and now he's our first pair left side defenseman. Uh, can the Panthers get that kind of development out of a guy in-house? Uh, Lucas Carlson's going to have an excellent chance to do that. Uh, he's going to get the opportunity. Matt Kierstead's another one. Uh, Max Gildon is another one. They, they definitely have some, some uh, AHL guys and, and fringe NHL talents who may be ready to make that, make that jump and see if they can carve out full-time roles. Um, but I think the, the, biggest, the biggest answers to those questions are in two guys. It's going to be Gustav Forsling and it's going to be Brandon Montour. Uh, we're going to see how much of a jump those two players can make. Um, can Brandon Montour step up into a second pairing role? Uh, he really showed something, uh, some, some incredible play when Aaron Eckblad went down. He stepped up quite a bit this year, became a, a surprise uh, can he be a full-time second-pairing defenseman? Uh, is Gustav Forsling ready to be a first-pair defenseman, and is he durable enough to play those kind of minutes? Uh, he's a smaller guy. So we're going to get the answers to these questions, but uh, they definitely have enough talent to make the playoffs. It's just going to be a matter of who's going to develop enough for us to be not just a playoff team, but a contending team. Um, so that's a, that's a really good, really good storyline uh, going into uh, next season. My number one is you touched on it. It is the arrival of Matthew Kachuk and the departure of Huberdeau and Uyghur, uh, plus Cole Schwint. I really did like Cole Schwint. Uh, I, I feel like he doesn't get talked about enough as part of that trade. I was very high on him. I, th I think he's going to be a, a great NHL, uh, a great NHL role player. I think he's going to carve out a nice spot for himself in the league, playing on uh, third and maybe even second lines uh, for for a really solid NHL career. But uh, the departure of Mackenzie Uyghur and, and Jonathan Huberdeau uh, for Matthew Kachuk. It's the biggest storyline of the offseason. It's going to continue to be the biggest storyline during the regular season. Um, we're going to be talking about who won that trade uh, probably for the next five, maybe even 10 years. 
uh, when these guys' careers end, we're still going to be talking about who won that trade, who finished with more cups, who won more awards, who finished with more yep. points. That, that's just the nature of the business. So uh, that's the biggest storyline for me. Uh, we're all going to be closely watching the contract situation. Obviously, Huberdeau has already signed for eight more years in Calgary. Uh, what's Mackenzie Weger going to do? Um, what does his cap hit end up looking like? Can we then understand a little bit more about why they both had to go? Um, common sense says the Panthers couldn't keep both there may be a possibility that the Panthers couldn't keep either um, salary wise. They're both up around 30 years old. Uh, you're talking about long-term commitments at high dollar. And does that close the Panthers window to, to compete if they dish out those contracts? So I think Bill Zito did the best of the, the best he could given the circumstances. It's unfortunate that Huberto and Uyghur's ages didn't necessarily align with the rest of the Panthers core as far as competing. Uh, Kachuk does perfectly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a big storyline. We're going to see how their contracts develop. We're going to see how they fit in Calgary. We're going to see how competitive Calgary looks this year. And that's, that is, I, I guess, I guess to all of us, that's Florida Panthers West right now. We're going to, we're going to see uh, what those guys look like. And I, I'll say this, this storyline could become even more huge with both teams being expe- expected to, to contend. It is not that far-fetched to, to think of a scenario where these two teams meet in a Stanley Cup final, and wouldn't that be crazy? That would oh, be that would be yeah that would be the throw biggest story and yeah that would be the biggest story in in, in hockey uh, in a long long time. That would be something special. So that's that's my storyline to watch this year. Mm-hmm. And and as far as the expected uh, lineups for the Florida Panthers every night. Really, only three players for the Panthers are really over the age of 30, at least the guys you expect to play every night. Of course, there's veterans that they signed, uh, but likely going to have a few uh, few scratches here and there, uh, at least the ones on the top of my head. Um, Sergei Bobrovsky, Patrick Hornquist, and Racco Gudis. The, the majority of this team is mid-20s or below. So such a great situation for this young team to continue to grow. So I uh, Definitely something to be excited as, as once again, uh, training camp uh, starts uh, September 22nd. Uh, media day is September 21st. So exciting times uh, just a week away uh, from, all, from all of that. But, Jacob, I want to thank you once again for joining me on this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Tell everybody where they can follow you online. Yep, you can follow me online at Jacob one and 8 and you can find my articles at PantherParkway.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jacob. Thanks for having me. It was awesome to be back. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden. We'll be covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a 30-minute daily podcast Monday through Friday on all things NHL. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Sarmamanda Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team. Every day.